0: Welcome to VC for Stupid Idiots. We are your idiot, Marianne,
1: Michelle, and Francesco, from Pneumatic Minds. Capital. Here, we interview the best investors on the planet to learn their secrets. And tell them a lot of bad jokes.
0: Then, we use their knowledge to invest in emerging market startups. Because this is the
1: most effective way to lift people out of poverty and make outstanding returns. If you want to see what we are investing in this week, please join us at numaticlines.capital. Cool. So welcome to our episode of VC for Stupid Idiots, where I am the stupid idiot. Today I'm alone, and uh, so I don't know if I usually have maybe an Michelle, today I'm Alone and I guess, like, the, the, our guest here will keep us company. And yeah, so the, so we go, a special guest, Human Human. Just do you want to introduce yourself and tell to our audience who who, who they're going to listen to for the next 15 minutes?
0: Let's go. Let's go. Uh, well, first off, thank you for hosting me today. I'm excited to be here. Um, so, my name is Human Radfar, I am uh, a founder. Turned investor uh, and founder again, um, I started my first company, Add this out of graduate school. So uh, my background is in coding engineering, so I coded since I was 12 years old and uh, started my first company out of graduate school Carnegie Mellon with uh, some great friends called Add this. Add this was a marketing automation company. We had over 50 million businesses using our platform and we ended up selling it to Oracle. And uh, that was my first experience as a builder, as a founder, as an entrepreneur. Through that, I met many great friends, one of which was uh, Garrett Camp, and Garrett was a founder of StumbleUpon at the time. He was kind enough to let me invest in Uber, but also we worked on Expo together uh, over the last couple of years, and uh, I was a partner there helping build out the platform. So we have had three funds, $50 million fund, $100 million fund, $200 million fund, and uh, I ran investments up until recently. One of our the companies that we built, Expo builds and Companies in companies, which is Collective, I'm now with full time. So I am a venture partner at Xbus. so I still help advise on investments and bring deals to the company, but I'm also angel investing again and uh, working in collective full time, which is our vision is simple. We wanna help businesses of one. So I think freelancers, consultants, be more financially successful and we help them by letting the folks in our passion, not their paperwork. We were talking about this earlier, but you know, things like corporate formation, accounting, taxes, all these things that you call classically back office, while they're really, really important and they're necessary, they're not gonna make your business. We know that, we'll handle that stuff. And uh, you know, entrepreneurs like you can, can handle the fun stuff and generating revenue, getting customers, doing what you need to do to uh, enjoy your life. So excited to be here again and happy to discuss anything and everything around building companies, investing companies.
1: Oh, got it. So uh, before we, uh, I've got two questions before we dive into like the nitty-gritty of the stuff. The first question is, how do you call a fly with no wings. I, would. I don't know. Yeah, so going back, I'll just say I would um, <laughs> back, um yeah so we're gonna have much much worse than that so be ready. A uh, second question is can you think more about the experience of turning basically how did you come up with the collective so you say that you found that during your past experience and then you join as a I guess CEO definitely like the the Yeah, as a C-level executive there.
0: So can you dig a bit about this experience? Can you tell us the story? Sure. Um, So Collective is an interesting culmination of my past experiences. At this, what I mentioned before, we were serving, you know, millions of businesses. And I love that idea of helping businesses succeed. And at Expa, we were founders. So, you know, Garrett founded Uber and Stumble. My partner, Davine, had started Foursquare. My partner, Maluna, started Metrolyrics. And, uh, you know, so all of us had been builders and we wanted to be founders helping founders but you know, as an investor you help with capital and you can help with advice and you're very hands-on and it's rewarding but i missed the operational side of building a company and helping people at scale and so collective was the confluence of those two things and what really got me thinking was venture-backed founders get a lot of attention but the majority of founders smbs even freelancers these are the backbone of the economy. Who's helping them? How can we democratize that access? How can we give them even playing field? How can we help that group succeed? And <clears throat> the observation that I had when I was like looking as investors, the technology is moving into the cloud, but teams are also moving into the cloud, right? So gone are the days where you have to go take a box of paper to an accountant and go sit with them, right? You don't need to do that anymore. So how can we move the whole experience online, integrate it? And why do you have to go to like 10 places to do this back office of, of the one go to one? So that's that's where it started in my head, and so I started thinking about that and incubating the concept as a partner expert, and then I met my co-founder uh, Or, who's Turkish, uh, he, and he had immigrated here more recently than me. I'm an immigrant from Iran, and I was born in London. And he was telling me about how it was tough for him as a freelancer, and he was challenged with taxes and you know the difficulties of being an immigrant. And I think it clicked because when I you know I looked at my mom and my dad, both of them are in their own. Uh, business, they were both their sole owners. So I, I was, I really resonated with me and I started looking and saying, well, there's millions of doctors, there's millions of realtors, wait a minute, there's millions of marketers, consultants, gate workers, and you start adding it up, 36% of the population has is, is, uh, been self-employed in the United States and it's moving to 50%. So we saw there was a big opportunity to focus on largest group of founders. And so that's how the idea evolved. And so him and I teamed up using the Expo platform as a base and started the company together and, you know i was so excited about it that you know we decided to do it full-time and it was as simple as that yeah it makes a lot
1: of sense so you start basically since the beginning you decide it's gonna be like a huge part of your life so you're gonna have like uh, almost a part-time job and then it turns into full-time job or it always was like okay this is gonna be my next mission
0: it was very organic for me. First, it was, you know, idea generation. I was a partner expo. I, I think originally I, I thought, okay, well, I really want to see this in the world. But as you know, my, my co-founders. So both of them, uh, or, uh, were, uh their best friends growing up. They've been friends 20 years. We had very similar values. So I think the team then the two, the two guys, we had the right val the same value. So we both, we all believed in people. We really wanted to build a company that cared about people. We wanted to build a company that had a mission. That was serving other people that we could get excited about. So, and it's it's a huge mission, right? We want to make the majority of founders uh, in the world, frankly, uh, mm-hmm. successful, right? Most founders are going to be that one guy with an office or the consultant or that like solo hustle. That is the that is founder two That's where the founders are going to go. And then lastly, we wanted to have an attitude of continuous improvement. We wanted to have permission to fail. We wanted to try new things. We wanted to, you know, have nothing is perfect. And I think we all, we, the three of us, had that same mantra. So because I was so compelled with the team, the mission is a lifelong mission. I don't think we're going to solve the problem. We can't, you know, our, it's it's so big. But that's exciting to me that we have so much runway. So, so much room to grow. Right. I mean, there are millions and millions of people that, that need help. So we can we can keep working for a long time, which is exciting as a as an engineering person. Right. You have more problems to solve. Yeah, definitely. definitely. So
1: basically, long story short, you've seen in the collective what you were looking for also as an investor so if someone would have come up with you saying look i'm building wouldn't be called the collective but would be called francesco i build this francesco and it's exactly like the collective you would have invested in them so like going back on this side what do you think are the main thing that are required for a company to be uh,
0: appealing to human for me? Yeah. As an investor? Yeah. So I, I've now had more experience investing in multiple stages of companies. I primarily focus at the early stage just because of my background and because of the expa affiliation. But I would say primarily you always start with the team. Okay. And the reason you do it is pretty simple in the early stage. So you you wanna get the the problem statement has to be interesting within a large market, mm-hmm. it's a given. But, you know, when you when you look at it, when you're early, you don't have enough data. You can't build a data-driven business. You have nothing. So you basically have to take a leap of faith. That's zero to one. So you need a team that has the tenacity and intellectual horsepower to take the first leap. And assuming they're wrong, they might be 20% wrong and have to iterate. They might be 80% wrong and have to pivot. They have to be able to move and adjust quickly. So if you don't have that team, you're done. And so the business is really about in the earliest stage like backing that team of course what i do is i use them the market and the problem statement and their explanation of it and how they're thinking about it almost to evaluate the team you know how did you size the market how did you pick this problem how are you solving this problem it tells you more about them and that's important to me but again of course you know you have to believe and be compelled deeply by the problem statement and the market size as a first principle but I've, I've passed on a lot of businesses personally just because, yeah, I really believe in the market, but I couldn't get behind the team either emotionally or intellectually or whatever. And, you know, you're wrong a lot as an investor. Yeah. That's, that's a skill you build. You have to be honest about that. So, yeah.
1: Got it. So let's, let's say, go deeper into the team part. So I understand what you like. and what, what So let's suppose I'm like the, the newest investor in town and I want to learn. And you have to teach me how to look into a personalize, understand if you could be a good father or not. Obviously, we're not expecting you to have a magic wand, but still, like it's better to know what you know, the nothing. Before though, what's red and bad for your teeth? I don't know. A brick. So, uh, um, did you get it, yeah? I did get it. Okay, but wasn't it Was wrong. That was better. Ah, okay, got it. So, <laughs> the
0: quality of jokes is increasing that's good yeah
1: so uh we're gonna go down with this one why dinosaurs they cannot sing i don't know because they're dead so (laughs) now let's go deeper into the founder okay so i'm telling you several qualities okay and you tell me if it's essential okay if it's good to have if you don't care or if it's actually bad okay extrovert or introvert what do you think
0: it depends on the on the business and and the and the founder. So I, I wouldn't say that I I care what I would care. So I'm introverted actually, okay. and it doesn't it's not obvious to people. But what you have to be able to do is lead, right? So for let's talk specifically about the CEO because it makes a difference if you're CTO, CEO, CPO, okay. right? So is your personality type in line with success for the position? So Mark Zuckerberg, introverted. Yeah, I would say you know Steve Case who started AOL, introverted. A lot of great founders are introverted but they were able to build a compelling vision and sell selling you know the team to join selling investors to invest selling the customers whether it's through the product or through some marketing means so that matters so the introvert expert, I, w- I would say endemically doesn't or intrinsically doesn't matter to me mm-hmm.
1: okay so would you have have a founder with a failure on the on their back or would you have a founder with a I know it's difficult to a founder with a like prestigious school degree, like a Stanford founder or someone with already a failure in the
0: back? Oh, if I've had to pick. Yeah. I don't know if I I, I could pick. I'd have to know more about the situation. That data point in isolation would be tough. The Stanford, let me put it this way. If I don't see some, it it is compelling to me to find someone who has been through a challenging experience, whether that failure is startup related, whether that's a personal problem, whether it was at work and they weren't running, like people who have the ability that demonstrate ability to overcome adversity, it's important because you want to measure tenacity. Companies fail for a simple reason. Simple, simple reason. People give up, right? And, or they run out of cash. If you have a team that does not give up and they do not run out of cash, you are not going to fail, right? It's just math. And so I really look for tenacity. And so the failure is actually either attractive potentially, depending on how they handled the failure, did they learn from the failure? I failed a ton. I mean, gosh, I failed more than not. But that's not the win. The best baseball player, best baseballers in the world hit one out of three. The best VCs in the world, one out of 10. So if I look at, I mean, you, we are in the business of failing. Successful people are in the business of failing. They yeah. just keep moving.
1: Yeah. So, and is there any question that you often ask to founders? No, you're talking to emerging fund managers, like aspiring, aspiring VCs, okay, people that, got no clue about VCs and want to learn as much as they can. Okay, is there any question you will ask to, to to basically founder to understand how they think?
0: I like to hear about their story, about how they grew up, about their background. Uh, I want to understand. So for example, again, to try to, under, to understand like what, what drives, I want to understand their motivation and I want to understand their, how uh, persistent uh, they're going to be. You want to invest as an investor, I always tell people, you want to invest in a freight train, right? So what do I mean? A freight train is moving no matter what. If I get on the freight train as an investor, it's, it's going to move. If I don't get on, it's going to move, right? That's the best investments. Investments that really, really, really need your help, right? Like I've, you know, a common mistake that early investors make is like you visualize yourself in the role or you just say, oh, if they do these three things, but you assume that you're going to get help for them. Right. Well, assume nothing. Assume that you fall off a tree. You give them the cash, you fall off a tree. I'm not saying you're not going to help. Are this are you would you do you really believe that they're going to figure out regardless if you're there or not? That's a freight train. And so they have to have that persistence. Usually that comes up in their background. So, you know, uh, for example, I think people who are immigrants, they usually have a compelling work ethic and motivation. Sometimes people with, you know, it's interesting. There's a big correlation between if you have a divorce or you were adopted, whatever, those types of trauma. You know, these people are make great founders. Like, you know, people like Larry Ellison, he was adopted. Steve Jobs, he was adopted. Bezos, he was adopted. Okay, so and a lot of people, their parents are divorced. This, their ability to overcome adversity, that wasn't work, but their ability to overcome that and to take something that was intrinsically difficult and turn it into a strength is indicative of what they're going to go for I mean, i never heard about this. I've heard a lot of immigrant uh, immigration. Immigration is a trauma, too. It's the same thing. You're away from your country. Yeah, I don't know anybody. I immigrated. My parents came here. They were very under stress. They're very under pressure. They came during the Iran hostage crisis. They didn't know anybody, right? Well, guess what? The kids bear that way, too. I was an immigrant. I was a little kid. I didn't experience it. I have no accent. But that trauma gets passed to your kids. Now, the question is, how can you handle it? life is trauma, that's important and it builds strength mm. so I think, the, I think you look for that Yeah. Uh, what are the red
1: flags so is this, it's really difficult to understand if someone got their tenacity and the skills to overcome difficulties, okay, you can kind of get it from the past experience but you are never sure 100% although, is it true the other way around, so there are some things that are big red flags and tell you, okay, this person doesn't have tenacity, doesn't have actually is not anti-fragile, as Caleb would say. So what are those red flags? What are the red flags that I, as an emerging VC, should look into a farmer and say, okay, this guy hasn't got the anti-fragility that I'm looking for.
0: One thing I look for is willingness to take feedback and how they, how they deal with challenge, maybe in the short term. So like you challenge a thesis, you push back on them, or, you know, you have people talk to them. Are they egoically driven to a point where they have blind spots? Ego for me is, look, it's it's a double-edged sword. You need to have some level of self-belief and confidence, but it can become, you know, most of these, it's a hubris in the Greek you know, tragedies, right? It becomes something like uh, any character that can be good, quality that can be good can become very bad in excess, right? You want to be confident, but if you become prideful, you're, you know, it's, you're a tough leader. And so I look for people like art, you have, humility, a willingness to learn. And so you can see that in some of a couple of meetings, how they give feedback. Oh, hey, how did you think about this? And you push them on something that they're very, very like passionate about. And then they're like, oh, okay, that's a good idea. And then, but uh, it's a red flag to I me mean, when people push back and say, oh, no, 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 we know this is going to work. We know this is going to do this. And they don't have a lot, a lot of information. They may be correct. It's the way they handle the the, the feedback. It's, it's a big, 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 big flag for me. If I see people who are like, I don't know, religious, if you will. And I don't mean religious, but like, What's your religion? I mean, religious, like, dogmatic, and they don't have, like, a quick ability to learn and adjust. I'm not saying I'm right, but if they don't take the feedback, well, that's probably not, that means they won't move Exactly. Yeah, because if they don't take feedback from human, they won't take the feedback also from the market. That's the thing. Again, it's not not if they listen to me, right? So that's even just as bad. If I tell someone to do something, I say, hey, go turn left. They say they want to really go right, and I say, go turn left, and they go turn left without thinking, that's just as bad. It's yeah. not about whether they turn left or right. It's how they handle the data of me telling them to turn left. Yeah. Okay, human, why are you saying turn left? Oh, okay. Your assumption is this. Okay. Oh, well, that's actually better than my assumption. I'm going to change. How do they break down that feedback and then and turn it into something that moves their business forward selfishly as a business owner?
1: If I can summarize what you said, and again, you're correcting, wrong. So, VCs, when you look into when you're interviewing a founder, just focus on the give them some feedback, can see how they react if they appreciate the feedback and at least give it a thought about it and come back with a yes or no, but they give it a thought about it, it's great. If they blindly follow you or they blindly say no in a dogmatic approach, it's a hard no. Got it. For founders, what I would say is if someone is giving you feedback and it's obviously also in life, I guess, first thing, listen. Second thing, if you don't agree, just say it in a nice way. It's actually a really, really, really smart feedback. Although we thought that, but maybe we're wrong, if you say in this way, like, it's actually much better. Cool, so I guess our time is over. Yeah, so before, um, there's two things that we need to do before, like, saying goodbye. The first thing is, uh, yeah, we're gonna have to, I'm gonna have to, I keep saying we, because I'm usually like with, with those two people. <laughs> and uh, Two? So, three super fast questions that you reply with uh, with just one simple sentence or one simple word. Okay. So, is there any country, any ecosystem where you can expect a massive growth in the next year or so?
0: Indonesia, that area.
1: Okay. Got it.
0: Yeah.
1: And okay. So, what about the, the second question is what is the most overlooked?
0: industry right now overlooked industry that's a really good one it's really tough actually i gotta think about that that's tough i don't know it's a pretty hot market so everyone everyone is everyone's on everything okay i'll give you one i'll give you one and I, i a virtual uh so everyone's talking about the metaverse stuff and abstract but i would say Virtual gaming, like the virtual reality gaming. Yeah. Okay. So I don't think, I think it'll be, gaming. I think it'll be 10 times hotter, 10 times hotter in the next uh, five years. Yeah. This is exactly right, right now. It's the least hot it's ever been. Exactly. Because yeah. people just, yeah. It'll people, be like social gaming was back in mobile.
1: It's yeah. going to be crazy.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I mean, I, I, do think, I, do, I do think a lot about it because to be honest, like this the easiest approach to VR that we can have right now is gaming. So there's no office, there's no like meetings. I would never have a meeting with you with my words at
0: home. And I'll tell you, if you, go look at the growth of the headsets and you'll see what I'm saying. It's it's like it's 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 like Facebook is beating their numbers on the headset de- uh, deployment every quarter. It's like the, the millions and millions of people are getting these Oculuses and the headsets. It's gonna be a huge deal and these games are gonna be massive, massive, massively engaging. So you know, if you think about com- like social gaming, you had companies exiting for, I don't know, two billion, three billion, four billion dollars. The market yeah, is- look at Zinga. I mean- and- Exactly. So who's gonna be the Zyngas of that space? Yeah, that's the
1: thing. Okay, and uh, yeah, last question. Favorite Netflix show?
0: So many. Favorite recent was Squid Games. Oh, yeah, mainstream. Boring, I'm it. <laughs> okay, how about, how about how about this? Okay, I'll give you another one. Um, I think Dark. Have you seen Dark? Oh, fuck. yeah. This is the, actually,
1: this is considered the best TV show ever.
0: Yeah, so, okay. Recent, I was the Squid Games. Dark, though, the plot is beautiful. Oh, yeah, I'm is an unbelievable. It's just, if you're into like hard sci-fi, mind-bending, beautiful writing.
1: Uh, yeah, last thing. How do you make an egg roll? I don't know you push it so thank you so much thank you all our listeners today all three of you guys and thank you to our special guest human to be our superstar today and yeah see you in the next episode bye